0: it's been a really long time since I recorded a podcast. Let's just say that the first five episodes were series one and that this is series two. So I'm sat down at my computer and I had everything ready to go. Not for you, not for recording a podcast. I actually was meant to have a session with my therapist and she forgot. Now, with someone who already has... Like issues with validation and needing to be loved. Love me to be forgotten about by your therapist. It's pretty bad. So if you're listening to this right now, can you just send me some love, send me a hug, send me vibes, not positive vibes, vibes where you think I'm amazing and you make me feel better and you listen to me talk about myself for an hour. And it won't cost me £45. I don't think this podcast is going to be an hour, by the way. But it will be a replacement for my therapy session. (laughs) Can I just say that the best investment of 2020 for me was a therapist. I'm not going to really go into why I got a therapist. But honestly, was the best investment I have ever made. Ever. Ever. And I don't know why I waited until 32 years of age to get a therapist. And I actually think there's so many people that would benefit from it. You might be like I was and think, "Uh, I don't have any issues or my issues aren't that bad or I'm not crying every day or something similar in that vein. But everyone can benefit from one, especially men, but that's another topic. So hello, it's 2021, 2020 is over, 2020 has begun, no 2021 has begun, and it's kind of the same as before, if you're listening to this in the future, I'm in Scotland. I mean, it probably will still be in Scotland in the future. But I'm in Scotland right now and we are in whatever tier this is. This is like tier five, which is worse than tier four. And this is the third lockdown. Um, It's just been extended to the end of January. And we're only two weeks into January. But Nicola, we know what happened last time. Do you remember at the start of lockdown, she said three weeks. And then she said 12 weeks. And then next thing we'd been in lockdown for five months. So, I mean, I can do it. Something I said to one of my clients this morning is we would be so prepared if we were ever sent to prison. <laughs> we could do it. We could do it lads. But this lockdown has been nice. It's allowed me to get my tax return done. Every cloud. I've been doing lots of walking. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to tell you. Oh, <laughs> How could I forget? I'm pregnant. Yes I am with child and it is such a mindfuck pregnancy it really is do you know what is really interesting so many people say to me oh it's amazing what you're doing your body is making a child you're literally making another human with your body isn't that amazing and yeah that's amazing um I haven't yet got my head around that. <laughs> um, the first trimester was so shit because I was being sick every day for about six or seven weeks. And you've always got this little thought in the back of your head, pregnancy is a blessing. Shona, this is exactly what you wanted. Stop being so ungrateful. But when you can't eat any of your favourite foods and you're such a muncher like I am, then it does make you quite miserable but week 14 came and it was literally like I can see clearly now the rain has gone any excuse to sing by the way if I was with you right now that would have made you massively uncomfortable (laughs) see when someone like really tries when they sing yeah so it was honestly like night and day I just woke up the next day I was like wow I feel like myself again and it really makes you feel grateful for normality like you actually forget how good it feels just to feel normal and like yourself again and people say you get this rush of energy in the second trimester and I mean I think I think that's happened I still could easily sleep for 10 hours a night. Um, but when I am of this planet, when I am conscious, then I'm like I just do feel full of energy. Um, and it feels really nice. And what's been really nice as well is that I am almost finished my pre- and postnatal exercise qualification and I'm literally living what I'm doing right now. How often do you get to do something like that? Like do the qualification and actually physically live through it as well. Um, And what is really interesting and particularly it will be people in older generations and it's not their fault, it was what they were told is because there is so many myths and misinformation around pregnancy as what was said to me was, you'll need to stop lifting weights. And this was not by a medical professional. I will say this, will be, this was from an older relative. And that is just nonsense. You don't have to stop lifting weights. Why would you want your body to be weak and inflexible when you're about to approach the athletic event of your whole life if you are having a baby? So the way I'm seeing it is that labour will be the athletic event of my life <laughs> not being a professional athlete If this is what this is what has really helped me um, because yet yeah, labour the idea of it it's kind of terrifying, not going to lie but if I picture it like I was going to run a marathon then it kind of works in my head that way so If I was going to run a marathon, which I haven't, I've never run a marathon, but I have lots of friends that have, I would train for that event for months. And not only would I physically train, I would mentally prepare myself for it. Like, I know that there's going to be points in a marathon and birth where it really fucking hurts. And I know that there are going to be points in a marathon and birth where I want to give up. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm noping out of the whole situation. But if you want to cross that finish line, then you can't give up. And the f- nice thing about a marathon is that when you cross the finish line, you have that feeling of accomplishment. You've just run a marathon. Well done. That was amazing. And when you have your baby, you get literally given that human that you've pushed out of your vagina or come out of your body in some way and that is the best gift ever. So challenges that I'm going to face but not without their wonderful rewards at the end and I think that I do have quite a high pain threshold. I don't know. I am literally basing this on the fact that me and my sister once got our nipples pierced. We were like, I was 18, she was 21. And she fucking screamed her head off, sorry if you're listening, you did. And I was stoic, stiff upper lip, I think I made a slight, oh, and then it was done. We both had our pierced nips. So I do think I do have quite a high pain threshold based on the nipple piercing. Um, I'm prepared for the fact that giving birth is gonna hurt. I know it's gonna be sore, but I'll get through it just like I've got through lots of things in my life. Anyway, back to what I find really interesting about this whole process is that even in the last 30 years, the research into pregnancy and exercising when you're pregnant and birth and pelvic floor health and core strength for women basically all those topics has just come on so much in just 30 years like there's definitely a chance that your mum was told not to exercise was told to bed rest was told to not lift a finger when they were pregnant um, which is completely impractical. Like this day, these day and ages, we all work, we all have quite active lives, and we just can't sit still. Um, but yet, the the research has come on so much, and even now, I'm doing so much research into it and talking to professionals, and still, they aren't able to give you definitive answers because we're still at a place where so much more research has to be done and this is a relatively new area of research anyway let's talk about my training so i don't have a bump yet although i can feel things happening in my core like i can feel my rib cage wanting to expand and my core muscles are also wanting to expand Like i can feel A stretchy pressure in both directions which is a really weird sensation so currently there's not really any exercise that doesn't work yet however my attitude from the very moment that I learned I was pregnant was that there's certain exercises that yes I can still do but should I still do them and what would be the benefit of doing those exercises And when I say when I'm talking about these exercises, I'm I'm saying things that kind of like handstand push-ups, kipping pull-ups, um, quite advanced gymnastics, things that I can do, but they're only going to be serving my ego in doing them. So there is a lot of pregnant people on Instagram doing things that are really impressive. I don't think that's terribly responsible um, because, yes, they can do it because maybe they are like being trained in that particular movement for years and years and years, but doesn't mean that everyone should be doing it. And it actually doesn't necessarily mean that they should be doing it. Um, I have heard from an elite weightlifter who was listening to a podcast, her name is Kiana Welsh. And from the moment she found out she was pregnant, she stopped snatching. Um, And that's her sport. That's like half of her sport. And she had just stopped. Now, you're not going to forget how to do these movements in the whatever year, year plus, 18 months that you take off um, being pregnant and then having your baby. You're not going to forget them. Um, You will definitely come back to them and you may even come back to them stronger and for a very long time I was struggling with the I'd heard this um word this phrase thrown about called athlete brain and and it's particularly with regards to pregnant athletes and at first I was like right I need to switch off my athlete brain and my athlete brain is the brain that makes me go to a hundred percent in the gym it's um the brain that makes me really competitive with other people in the gym. It's the, it's the brain that like makes me want to be better and stronger and fitter and faster. and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that brain. And then at first I was like, I need to turn that brain off and it kind of left me feeling a little bit aimless and goalless because yeah, you're not you've not got like a necessarily a fitness goal when you're pregnant. My goal is to like, keep moving and maybe maintain, maintenance. I don't even want to say that because it's not like I'm going to be lifting the same weights all the way through. Um, so it's like keeping like a general level of fitness, keeping moving, keeping active. But then over time I decided, no, I'm, I'm going to keep my athlete brain on, but I'm just going to change the way that I see things. So my goals have had to shift and my athlete brain now is making me really focus on eating really well because that was hard during the first trimester whereas I'm in control of that making sure that I'm not restricting making sure that I'm not overeating certain things that aren't going to be good to me good for me making sure that I'm getting a really balanced diet with lots of fruit and vegetables keeping my fibre level high because they don't want any of that constipation which um, can be a problem when you're pregnant um, also making sure that I am moving to the highest technical standard that I can. So literally thinking so much about every single exercise that I do. Not being sloppy. Um, moving foot through the full range of motion in a way that's safe. And actually I think that will be really, really good for me. Particularly during wads. Like whereas the goal is to be as fast as you can. Um, the goal for me now is to really lift with intention and make sure that i'm not switching anything off that could potentially cause injury so yeah not turning my athlete brain off but just shifting the goals that i'm working towards with my athlete brain which i think in the long run is really going to pay off so once the baby comes once i'm fully recovered postpartum still taking those things that that athlete brain during pregnancy during postpartum recovery have learned so really looking after myself really focusing on great technique looking at all the things that you can do to recover well so like the little the sort of boring stuff the making sure you're sleeping well the mobility the stretching the core work All that stuff is going to make me, in the long run, a better athlete and I'm excited for it. Here's my list of things I would recommend for someone in their early pregnancy, mostly with regards to exercising. So number one, if you're unsure, please seek advice from a professional so the professionals I would say are a personal trainer who uh, is pre and postnatal exercise qualified Um get yourself speak to your midwife to make sure that she's given you the go-ahead to exercise same with your GP speak to a pelvic floor physio I genuinely think that everyone should get at least an appointment when they're pregnant Um, to speak to a pelvic floor physio so that it means they can make sure that you're doing all your pelvic floor exercises properly and they can also teach you a core connection breath so that is a breath I like to do before I do any exercise and actually it's a great thing that you can do all the way through your pregnancy as soon as you've had your baby you can start doing it um, it's just a way of breathing and connecting your pelvic floor and core. So they're all working in unison. Um, next thing I would recommend is get yourself a good comfy sports brat. My boobs have honestly not just tripled in size. I had proper pancakes before. And now I've got a wonderful gorgeous set of let's say grapefruits that I want to keep post baby baby these can stay, thank you very much um, but it did mean that none of my sports bras fit so prepare yourself get yourself one that's nice and comfortable and isn't too tight around the chest because my rib cage has expanded so I can't unfortunately due to Covid go and get my chest fitted but um, I can get myself bigger bras and Lululemon bras are the best but if you're really well endowed chestily then probably won't they won't be enough for you i'm just talking about like the ones with the straps across the back um with leggings i've not got a bump yet but i have a friend who has a bump and she says the best leggings aren't actually maternity leggings they're lululemon align leggings uh they have like a really high waistband and they're really soft and stretchy they are amazing expensive but she says worth every penny and bonus, you can continue to wear them once you've had your baby because they're not maternity leggings. A book that I've really enjoyed reading is called Expecting Better and it's by Emily Oster. I was actually recommended to read this book and actually just read things that she's written because Emily Oster is a economist and she has children And she has written two books, I think two books, Expecting Better and then Crib Sheets. And basically what she does is take everything that you've ever heard, every like old wife's tale, everything that you're told even by health professionals and she presents the facts in a really unbiased way so that you can then take what you like from that and make a really informed decision. So quite often, I've found that books that I read on pregnancy and having babies have like an agenda based on whoever's written it. Um, And also like a lot of the stuff that you'll be told, you're like, where's the science behind that? I need to know. Uh, and I'm talking about things like how much caffeine you're recommended, what foods you should avoid, um, things like sleeping on your back, like where where does that, all of that stuff come from? Um, I found her book to be invaluable because it's allowed me to actually make decisions based on uh, facts that are weighed up in a really unbiased and balanced way. And one thing that will happen to you as soon as you get pregnant is that everyone has an opinion and a comment and a story. And it is so difficult to keep a sane head on, especially in your early pregnancy with all the hormones that are going on. But I was told this would happen before I became pregnant and sure enough, it happens. Someone will tell you about the worst labor story that you've ever heard. Like someone will tell you absolute horror stories. And it's it's terrifying. Like I am also now scared of giving birth because of this. But one thing that has become so apparent to me is that not only are we all completely different, but every single baby is different and every single pregnancy is different. So just because someone's had an awful labour doesn't mean that you're going to have an awful labour, and just because someone's exercised all the way through their pregnancy and um, is really fit and healthy also doesn't guarantee a plain sailing labour. So um, that was one thing that was has been said to me a lot is that oh you're really fit and healthy like you'll be absolutely fine doesn't quite work like that. Um, But equally, there's people who didn't move at all throughout their pregnancy had an amazing birth. So none of that is guaranteed. Um, Just, uh, this is so easy for me to say, just chill out and relax and take it all as it comes. And just remember that at the end, you're going to have the most wonderful, gorgeous human being in your arms to hold on to and give lots of cuddles and kisses to. I don't necessarily want this to turn into a pregnancy podcast, but it is like the main thing that's going on in my life right now, so no doubt I will be talking about it. So hopefully it does interest you. I did a poll on my Instagram last week about the strangest things that have ever been said to you about pregnancy and I got so many replies and I think what I'll do is I will save them for next episode because some were absolutely hilarious and shocking, as you can imagine. And if you've got one that you would like me to discuss on the podcast, then you can always send it to me. My email address is info at You can find me on Instagram at shonastrong. Just message me there. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.